man, what if we made a first person shooter movie and also it stars Michael Myers? to an advanced screening nice and they gave me all that dune gave me nothing <laughs> i mean well, do you get swag normally whenever you go to early premieres depends uh usually the big budgets give you at least a poster oh shit well and and then maybe the indies will have something cool like ready or not it was a wedding reception they had sparkling champagne <laughs> like they had champagne flutes and they had uh, like ribbons tied around each of the chairs. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it really it, it depends. But one thing Dune did give me was a religious experience. <laughs> so I, I guess that's a fair trade-off then. I mean, I guess, but like, get me a T-shirt. Hilarious. Well, Dune is actually on HBO Max today actually dropped i think it dropped a couple hours ago they dropped it early because an hd rip leaked on wednesday nice (laughs) Um, so they decided like time to go yeah i'm probably going to see it saturday afternoon i'm hoping to go see it in theaters if you can get to one of the theaters that has the very nice sound systems like the doldy theaters or whatever 
yeah. I would highly recommend because the the soundscape of this movie is just as impressive as like the on-screen stuff. All right. So I'm hearing religious experience. I'm hearing a lot of good shit. Would you say it's probably the best movie of 2021? It's the best half of a movie. Okay. <laughs> well, don't no spoilers and no well, giveaway it's, super it's details. It's a part one that's in oh, the title yeah. card. Yeah. And it really feels like the first part. Of, like it, it reminds me a lot of the Lord of the Rings. Where oh, don't tell me the, that. Well, in structure, not in content. So there's an arc of the first movie, and that ends, which I I like, but it is also like the first step in a larger narrative, which is not over, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. And you can really feel that. So I would say that it is the best first half of a movie so far this year. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of duds. And I mean, we're going to talk about one tonight, but this year, man, it's had a lot of fucking pump fakes, man. And I need, I need this W. I need the win for. I'm. For I hope you like it. You know, the funny. I listened back to the um Timothy Chalabay episode we did. Like, like I said back then, like Dennis Villanueva, like I really fuck with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So I had like. I had a pretty good sense of I'm going to like his next project. And so if this turns out to be, which it probably, I mean, the movies I watched this year, like they've been really duddish. Well, the new movies this year, at least, but I'm hoping it's going to be like top notch. I'm hoping on that. I think you will love it. Good. Good shit. Good shit. It was a lot in, in the best possible way. Hey, what's up, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer, The Godfather here. Special shout out to B Hyphen and Handsome Bane for the WrestleCast Power Hour. And it's available everywhere, podcasts or streams. So, everybody, check them out. You know, The Godfather will. And it's time once again for everybody at the Hyphen Podcast Group to come aboard the Ho! For some odd reason, I'm about to fire up this fucking movie right now. And oh, you have Peacock? Yeah. The funny thing is, like, I could have just, I could have and probably should have just watched it on bootleg, but I was, I was trying to get at least a greater experience than just that. So, Mm -hmm. but now I kind of wish I just would have bootlegged it because (laughs) one of the questions, we don't have to answer this in the front end. But one of the questions I do want to explore is, is this movie more disappointed than Candyman? But tell me about your experience. You know, tell me about the full experience when you when you first watch this fucking movie. Yeah. So this was my first. This was not my first movie in theaters, but it was my first one in a while. And it started and the intro, the theme song and the visuals of the pumpkins and the fire and the operatic vamp that they added to the Halloween theme. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 fuck yeah, they get it, it's happening. Yeah. And then the movie starts, and honestly, I think the first 20 minutes or so is all right. 
they have Cameron. He finds the the cop who's been stabbed. There's the flashback. I think the flashback's really solid. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we hard cut to the house on fire. Is that a metaphor for this whole movie? He's burned to the ground. <laughs> yes. But it's almost immediately felt like a video game. Oh, yeah. The thing that I have always found intriguing about Michael Myers is you never know where he's going to pop out next. And how did he get in that closet when I just saw him walk into the room on the other side of the hall? Yeah. And this movie decides to replace any suspense with just sheer brutality. And that, to me, lowers the stakes immediately because it's not when are they going to die or how it's just okay so they're gonna die (laughs) very much so yes and it's not nearly as interesting there are 34 bodies in this movie that averages out to a body one body every three minutes was it jarring to you to watch michael myers run I remember being very put off by that the first time yeah. I saw that. It was but, so, so, so there's a couple things that I find really jarring about this movie. First of all, the amount of blood and ichor in every kill I found kind of surprising. Because you know what there isn't in the first Halloween at all? Like 1978? Blood. blood. There's none. Yeah. And that's part of what makes it so unsettling. Yeah. And there's more in 2018, but there are still a fair number of relatively bloodless kills. And in this, they keep throwing it at the camera. Yeah. Which that was, I hate that. I hate that they're now acknowledging canonically that there's something for that blood to run into. It it took me out of it immediately. And another thing. (laughs) But in a movie that produces a new body every three minutes, I shouldn't have time to be thinking about the logistics of the world. (laughs) you know what (laughs) why is there a fucking airfield and (laughs) this fucking bum fucks out (laughs) right like Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of moments where i'm like i why am i wondering if michael myers goes away at midnight or sunrise right now he's actively murdering nine people well they're not people i care about so whatever yeah basically the violence is so oppressive that you almost you acclimate to it so quickly. I didn't necessarily have a problem with him being like super violent, maybe, but it actually did come to a point to where the violence in the film it became pretty bad and like a not like a like in a slasher film for me like I, I can expect there to be a lot of bodies and a lot of death. What, blood, what a good but, Friday the 13th movie they made. Yeah, basically. But just that's a, not a why I go to see Halloween. Yeah, it was the orgy of bodies. The death that really fucked me up was us watching the mental patient like kill himself. Okay, this is something that bothers me so much. And it bothered me even more the second time because I did watch this twice because I was afraid I missed something. The seriousness of that moment is directly undercut by the amount of gore they use because they use a comedic amount of splatter for what is supposed to be a sobering moment. Absolutely. It's like a cartoon character. Imagine if that was one of the weird bloodless carpenter deaths. Wouldn't that be more upsetting? (sighs) Man, 
it was so strange. Like, I don't, there's part of me that thinks, did Blumhouse do this? Like, did they go, oh, we can make money and that means we have to be involved? Because I feel like, I feel like the first Halloween, they really let David Gordon Green just do it. They were like, here's not very much money. Make the movie and we'll see. This seems like so much more like someone gave notes of like, well, this is what a horror picture is. See? And that doesn't land. 2018 was meant to be a heightening of 1978. And this is meant to be a heightening on the heightening. But it doesn't work because they didn't heighten the things that worked about the first one. They heightened the marketable aspects. I think maybe they tried to heighten just even, which sounds kind of strange, but Halloween 2, which in this movie, it retcons it away. But one of the criticisms of Halloween 2 was like the hyper violence of that and the kind of gross kills. And this one, it feels like it's trying to amplify that, but that's not what made the original great. Like, you're right. Like the suspense of it did not watching a cop get shot in his throat. Like that's not what makes but even a that series. at least i was okay i was okay with that because it tied into a narrative point and i was like all right fine movie fine and i kind of like that idea of as laurie is going you did the right thing it's fine and he's pulling in the i did the wrong thing and this is all my fault and they're both kind of pulling each other back and forth on whose fault it is that should have been the central conflict of this movie right And then like Lori finds out like, no, he wasn't coming for you. He was directed towards you. And that should have been the like thing. You can tell what's reshoots also, by the way, because you can see the exact moment where they went six feet. Hilarious. Um, And almost every scene with the mob is a reshoot. The mobs are just bad. Now, I think there's a, a compelling point to be made of like, look at what fear made us do. Right. That's a central thing in Dune. Right. An animal in a trap trap. will gnaw off its own leg because it's afraid. Fear turns us into animals. There's an an interesting point to be made there that's undercut immediately by Michael Myers lawn mowing through them just so we don't have to deal with them in the next movie, I guess. Like, maybe. By the way, David Gordon Green has already said that Halloween Ends is going to be about COVID. No fucking way. Yeah. (laughs) Get out of here. No, please. Now, they also announced that David Gordon Green is going to write and direct and like whatever a like movie about the like shady backroom dealings that got Disneyland open. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, can we just skip to that? Like, I'm so (laughs) the idea of a Halloween Kills sequel at this point is so physically appalling to me. And and, and and another thing, there is no suspense in this movie because you know that there is a third one because they were announced in the same press release. Yeah. Now, the downside of that is that eliminates any possible suspense from this movie because they didn't write any in. And the idea that, oh, this movie is going to end with Michael disappearing slash possibly dying is waived pretty quickly. So there's no suspense. And this movie doesn't end. It just stops. Which is the least John Carpenter thing I can think of. Yeah. And furthermore, uh, I really feel like they benched their best assets in the movie 
by having Jamie Lee Curtis. I, I get they, you know, ended 2018 where they ended 2018. So they're kind of stuck. Right. But Halloween ends is, is a continuation, supposedly. So how is she magically going to get better in 25 minutes? Or is she just going to be sidelined for that whole movie, too? Because that's not the Laurie Strode I signed up for here. When we talked about the trilogies where the middle one was shit, but the bookends were good. Maybe we're in for that. Who knows? I hope so. But Halloween Ends is going to have to be pretty damn good to make up for this. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, which Anthony should be Michael much Hall more. better get a Razzie nom for this. Can we talk about, uh, yo, who the fuck buzz kills Halloween <laughs> fucking carry okay i i'm not even mad about that shit like for oh, me he, he gives one really earnest delivery where he says to Lori, like you took care of me that night now let me take care of you and i was like you know what it's a weird angle but like go for it if we're committing to him being like i was six and in love with my babysitter and she saved my life so like if i can protect her just once it will be worth it never comes up again but now i'm mad at that man you can't be buzz come halloween night on the flip side of that i'm almost hesitant to say this but i think i'm right i think this is the most beautiful halloween movie you mean just the cinematography and the color palette the cinematography michael myers on the bridge reflected in the water i would have that as a poster on my wall the second time i saw it too it the shot took my breath away and i knew it was coming I'm pretty sure this is the biggest budgeted Halloween movie ever. It looks like it looks like a tarot card is what it looks like. <laughs> you know, it it's that degree of like mystic and art and whatever. I love the dark greens in the Myers house because the Myers house before has only been those gray tones. Yeah. The movie almost honestly between like the red of the fire and the green of the Myers house and, and the red of the blood, like it almost has a Christmas movie color palette. It doubles the 2018 Halloween budget. This is a quote from an SNL skit from a thousand years ago with a bad Sean Connery impression that says, dress it up however you want. But the question is, does it work? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know what? I also kind of like the idea that this cop and Lori maybe almost had something, but her PTSD and his PTSD took that away from them. Cool. Are we going to invest in this? No. Oh, you got to cool. have that for the third movie. I like the idea that Cameron is like, you know, he has a come to Jesus moment when he sees someone almost die. Cool. Are we going to get any actual like character development? Nope. Okay. Just his neck violently broken. Shout shout out to uh, men in skirts, though. It's nice to see a non-traditional presentation of masculinity in a horror movie. You know who I think stole this movie? And I think they also get the most screen time like as a group. Big John, uh, Little John. Big John, Little John. Yeah. I got it! <laughs> you think this is funny, huh? We got you good! I stole the whole damn bowl. <laughs> you don't know who you're messing with, do you? Take it easy, Big John. They're too young to know. Too young to know what? Do you have any idea whose house this was? No. You ever hear of Michael fucking Myers? And do you know what happens to people who come into the Myers home? without an invitation. We're not even scared. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He stabbed his sister in the tits. 
Yuck. Right upstairs. And sometimes, when the wind blows just right, we can still hear her ghost calling out his name. She calls. Yeah, they're great and I love them. And I kind of hoped that they would survive to the next one because I feel like they could have been a really good emotional through line and like a, a very, I would say, interesting counterpoint to the final girl trope. Yeah. But no, I do <laughs> like that that Michael artistically poses them in the opposite of how they are in the picture, because I guess Michael Myers is trying to tell us that tops and bottoms should all be equal in the eyes of God. Like, I don't know what that was supposed to say. Are you going to be the only person on the internet that gives Michael Myers credit for it not being homophobic? Okay, he's a man from friggin' Illinois. What do you want from him? Man from Illinois. He's a 74-year-old man from Illinois. You really think he's going to be like gay rights? Like, no. It's like when people were like, oh, it's actually kind of homophobic. Like, yeah, no joke. He also hates women, children, men. A couple of black folks got clapped in here too. So, you know, so I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the, I'm sorry, I can't get over this. I'm looking at the, the buzzkill Halloween night karaoke scene. But Mm -hmm. my biggest problem, other than just this specific scene, is watching this movie I just didn't feel like this is real dialogue. Like, I don't think people converse in these ways. Like, they're bringing up this 40, it's been 40 years, like, three different times. And that was my problem with Candyman, too, where it's like this exposition for every sort of scene thing doesn't feel natural. And, like, I'm at the point now where... I just hope Michael Myers' mask is one of the goddamn silver shamrock masks and he just dissolves into a pile of goddamn maggots. What if the mask is keeping him alive? (laughs) I think that's kind of implied, isn't it? Because he like goes running towards it as soon as it's taken from him. Yeah, yeah. I think that Allison is still solid, but she doesn't really get anything to do. I mean, she's decent in this movie. Judy Greer gets a couple of good moments in this, especially at the end. You mean looking out the window? No, I mean, I mean when she she comes in crazed with the pitchfork. Oh, <laughs> when we get okay. we get to see her her be Lori's daughter finally. Yeah, you know, because she was raised to be feral. And I'm frustrated that per the movie's non-ending ending, that is the only time we're going to see that. Well, maybe. <sighs> now, uh, to, to continue on with my idea that Michael Myers does not kill children, unless they're children who do something wrong. I rewatched 2018 Halloween. The only child he kills is the 13-year-old who wants to go to dance practice who shot somebody. He killed the kid in this in this movie too he only killed the kid who trespassed into his house all right i think there's like a point i don't know if the age is 13 or like you know when the balls drop or whatever i don't know but he will not kill children if they're like innocent right because 
the the two kids who like faked the the sickness, you know, faked the swallowing a razor blade. That was fairly harmless as things go. But the kid, the kid in the skeleton mask, is actually the one who trespassed and like did a crime. Because yeah. there's there's a version of this movie where they come to the park and the three kids are already dead. Yeah. But they don't do that because Michael is weirdly moral. I believe I pitched the idea that Michael, he sees himself as a misguided protector of children in maybe the Halloween Kills like preview episode. So I apologize if I'm doubling up on this theory, but I've increasingly become convinced that they are trying to play with the idea that Michael Myers killed his sister because she should have been taking care of him. And now he is killing adults who are not taking care of their children. I mean, <laughs> I, or, I don't know. Or children who are old enough to be taking care of younger children. A lot of this is based off of like children and this very outdated moral code, which like I kind of slaps, honestly. But as they increasingly make him supernatural, I guess we're abandoning that idea. But I just kind of like the idea that Michael Myers is like an old world misogynist and he killed the gays because they won't be able to have children. And like he killed Judy Greer because he was mad that she like, you know, but that would also explain why he doesn't kill Lori because she's the only one who actually babysits the fucking kids and doesn't like go fuck. Beyond that theory, what is his motivations now? Evil? I'm going to be really annoyed if they introduce like this weird supernatural boondoggle where they're like, for every laugh he takes, it gets stronger. Like, this isn't goddamn Pet Cemetery, okay? I mean, that's what they said in this movie. Every time he kills, he gets more inhuman. He gets more strong right, but or whatever. There is a way that you could do he becomes more inhuman without being like, because he becomes the evil. He could just be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a funny ass turn. <laughs> he just he just takes the mask off and he's like, I never did much care for the broads. That would be fucking hilarious, man. I would kind of have to respect it more than them being like, I almost said it's Zabalba, and Zabalba is not a demon. Zabalba is uh the pod <laughs> racing friend. From episode one of Star Wars. Hilarious. Pazuzu. That was the name I was going for. There you They're go. gonna be like, it's Pazuzu. Or or perhaps, hopefully, it's Danhausen. Pazuzu's in his mask. That's why he's getting controlled. God, imagine if it was though, and they were like, it's it's the mask, it's evil, and you flip the mask inside out and it's a fucking Danhausen mask. Do, 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 do. Oh, I also feel that there are so many homages to previous kills that it almost feels like they're just stealing some of them. I mean, this movie and the the first one as well is very aware of the predecessors and they always pay homage to it. So you're not necessarily wrong about that. Right. But I, I don't remember in 2018 being like, well, they stole that one. And this one, I kind of feel a little more like the, um, maybe it's just because there were so many in this one that felt like they were stolen. Like, you know, one, I feel like I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. But in this one, I, there are like three or four different moments where I was like, oh, we're doing this one. In 2018, the garage bathroom yeah. kill scene. So that was... That's that's the only good. one I can think of, though. So we had this movie in 2021. Do you think this movie is any better if we were to watch this in 
August of 2019 because they're obviously trying to make a lot of they're doing a lot of political commentary of that time and we, we get fucking Michael <laughs> Trump in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why this turns into a commentary about the insurrection at a certain point. If anything, in 2019, I feel like that would land even less because at least here I'm like, I see what you're doing, but you're doing it badly. And in 2019, you know, assuming we literally got the same movie, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what? Why? I wouldn't necessarily say the insurrection, not 100%, but I think it's so generic that you can like someone wrote, if you squint hard enough, you can apply it to like a lot of the political shit of the last like three years. But <laughs> a lot of the political commentary in this movie is it just feels very just out of date. It feels very weird. It feels very strange. Them, like them storming the hospital to me is very capital riot. Like I feel like mm. you could put evil dies tonight over the footage of January 6th and like tell people in 30 years that that's what happened. And they would be like, yeah, of course. Like they chanted evil dies tonight as they were like threatening to zip tie people in their offices. Yeah. It it is specific enough that it can only apply to that one event while also trying to be broad enough that it could apply to anything. And as a side effect of that, it fails at both. It was It was poor. Horror has always been a reactionary genre. A lot of horror is about real things that are happening. Yeah. And I don't know if this is a studio thing. I don't know if this is people don't know how to to talk about things. But maybe that. Maybe it's both. I feel like both Candyman and this had valid points that they were trying to make that were kneecapped by both script and presentation. And I don't know if there's a version of this movie where Tommy becomes this weird, unhinged leader, but people are still blindly following him, hurting themselves and others, and they cut it because it was too real after January 6th, or if they didn't have any of the mob shit and then added it because of January 6th. And this was a smaller scale movie about the nurse and the kids from 1978 and Allison and Cameron trying to track him down. Yeah. But it feels like it was either dumbed down or tacked on. And in both cases, it feels like it was declawed. Yeah. Because there's a version of the movie where Michael Myers is lawful evil. Or, or true evil, let's say true evil. And Tommy is chaotic evil. And now we have two serial killers on our hands, even if Tommy thinks he's doing the right thing. But didn't Jamie Lee executive produce this though? Yeah. Do you think that it's likely? Because I feel like I do wonder what was reshot during the pandemic and not what was reshot like after I will or before also say Trump's election or not. David Gordon Green is also an EP, but Blum is the, the highest listed of the EPs. So I we we are never going to know who put the wrong thing in the secret sauce. It's probably fucking Danny McBride, man. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. And at a certain yeah. point, it doesn't matter 
what matters is that they tried to make a movie that was like, see what happens when you performatively say you will not live in fear, see how much it hurts people and see how much it doesn't solve the problem. That's what this movie should have been about if that was the angle that they were going for. But it didn't invest in its ideas and paid lip service to a fairly fresh, terrible thing that happened in this country. And that to me is like, that feels the dirtiest of all the options. I'm not opposed to a gory movie. I'm not opposed to a movie making commentary about the present political climate. I'm not opposed to final girls. I'm not opposed to, to any of that. My issue is that they took all of the things that make Halloween, Halloween, the suspense, the weird pop out moments, you know, all these ideas that they even did in 2018, where like, what if Jamie Lee Curtis is the monster created by the monster? Like she was, there was a moment where I was like, oh shit, the next movie is going to be about her going like all jigsaw on Michael. Nope, 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 nope. And most of the scenes that they do give her are friggin' maudlin. They declawed this series' Linda Carter too. And I don't know if it's because like tough women don't sell except Linda Carter. I it's Linda Carter. No, Sarah Connor. There we go. Except I Sarah so Connor. For a moment. <laughs> I, I just had a moment where I was like, that's almost it. <laughs> they declawed Sarah Connor. No, you're right. They did. But after the first movie, when the reason people watched it was because of her, mm-hmm. it's super strange that they would have this pivot in this movie unless they were trying to think about the third movie to when also, she does go super Why nice. is this movie so nice to Cameron? I like, mean, Cameron was terrible. I mean, at, like, at a certain he, point, it's not nice to him anymore. He, Yeah, but it's it's a lot meaner to a lot wor- or a lot better people. Also, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The woman, the doctor in the slutty nurse costume who shoots herself in the head. That's hilarious, right? That was supposed to be hilarious. I felt no sadness when she clapped herself. I I saw this in a crowded theater and most people went and I went. Bro, like. That was some fucking goof troop shit, man. Like some fucking Three Stooges type shit. <laughs> that seems like something that would have happened in Monster Squad. I'll take your word for that. You should definitely watch Monster Squad. I'm watching the bays on Big John is smoking the doobie and singing. I actually loved them. <sighs> Talk about Candyman, like not doing <laughs> queer people justice. This movie actually did, and they and this they movie, were they fucking died for it. <laughs> they were definitely on the stereotypical side, but you see them like have a loving relationship. There are pictures of them all over the house, and like this is the weird part of this movie that I really actually enjoyed is that like every body, with the exception of the large groups have character moments. Yeah. And like, I bet if you asked the the Big John and Little John actors, they could tell you when they when they got together, how long they've been together, when they bought the house, how they met. Like, there's mythology there. We want to get married. Um, uh, I, I guess uh, 
Right away, right away, yeah, right away. The waggle dance is how bees communicate. They share the information where the flower is with the rest of the colony. They communicate the precise location by shaking their butts. What is in that honey? Hey, Mom, he wants to talk to you. Hello, Mom. Seymour Moskowitz. Right, Jewish. My mom kept bees before she died. Sorry. I'm sorry, baby. They were pretty gnarly, man. Actually, you know, the funny thing is, in my letterbox review, I did write that you don't really give a shit about the extended cast dying. These are the only two people that you probably feel really bad for that they actually died other than the old can, black woman can i also make a a just a kind of general comment here why not the scene where michael starts testing his knives on the oh dead body god. oh my god i don't need to see that especially if you're trying to imply that he is a monster or some sort of greater greater evil in halloween 2018 they really made it seem like the knife like that big chef's knife called out to him. When he saw it, he knew. I don't need a scene of him testing knives because that takes all the mystique away because suddenly he's just a guy again. Yeah. It actively undercuts the point they're trying to make. So I think we've come to the point that we have to ask the tough question. Now, one movie was a movie that it kind of came out of nowhere pretty low expectations but enthusiasm came out but when it came out it flopped we have another movie we had the first movie of it highly loved beloved second movies coming out highly anticipated through the fucking roof mm-hmm. both of these movies fucking tank which one is the most disappointing movie Candyman or halloween kills i'll let you answer first for me it is halloween kills because there is a recent entry that's good. Yeah. And the fall between one and two, like I'm still grappling with it. You know what? It's it's like Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it is. It really is. And like, except somehow they came from the same person. And yes, that's right. like Candyman has a lot of issues, but I do feel like it was an earnest however misguided attempt to refresh the points that the original is making yeah but in the case of both of these movies i think studio interference is the real villain here maybe maybe the real the real gentrification is studio interference (laughs) (laughs) because i feel like Candyman is I will say less known than Michael Myers, not by a well, lot, yeah. but by a little. Um, um, I would say actually, yeah, yeah, I go just thank you on. So I had less of an idea about what that should be. And don't don't get me wrong, Halloween like two is hyper violent. Halloween five is super weird. The batting average for Halloween movies are not good, right? Yeah. But there is a pedigree of excellent movies, even if not all of them are good. Yeah. Candyman has got some good movies. It's got some bad movies. And they also haven't made one in a really long time. They also implied that this was going to be a fresh start completely. 
And then we're like, well, actually, it's a reboot slash sequel soft reboot. So they kind of 2018 Halloween did. But I feel I and again, I've only seen like two thirds of Candyman because I'm a bad I'm a fake fan. But the original Candyman to me, there weren't any moments in the, the 2021 Candyman that to me felt like an honest, earnest love letter to the original Candyman. There are a lot of moments where I felt like they were like, we're going to make our own Candyman with blackjack and hookers. And like, it doesn't, it's not good. Yeah. And I feel like David Gordon Green was like, let me take apart 1978 Halloween and see how it works. And then I'm going to put it back together, but I'm also going to add sparkles or whatever, because I want to make this my own thing. And so for a movie that so expertly deconstructs its original source material and rebuilds it, but slightly differently to then turn into like a burnt out husk of a car (laughs) is disappointing. Yeah. Not to imply that Candyman wasn't also disappointing, but I think I went into that with less updated expectations. I mean, for me, I'll, I'll flatly say Candyman is the worst movie I've seen this year. Just like bar none. But the more I think about it, the more upset I get about Candyman. <laughs> and I was pretty heated in the episode. But I will say that Halloween Kills has to be the bigger disappointment because ooh, I think the intentionality of both movies, of uh, the writers, directors, you kind of see it there. The the actors involved, like there's a level of earnestness that they all at least bring to the table, even if the execution is poor. But there's nothing really enjoyable about either of these movies except the relationship between Big John and Little John. <laughs> like, that's the only, the only good thing about these either of these movies is that relationship. And then what what do they get for? They get their eyeballs poked out of their fucking skulls. So Yeah. And maybe Michael, in his misguided way, tried to say gay rights. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Michael oh, Michael man. really came in and tried to say that bottoms should have rights too. Bitch, I'm telling you the truth. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Showin Mad Love on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow our Twitter page at Cat and Mark and read us at catseesmovies.tumblr.com and themarkrob.wordpress.com. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenley. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained? One more day till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. (laughs) One more day till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Have a happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Have a happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock.